You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Very <laughs> special episode for me. Because I have a guest who I never thought I would have as a guest. This is my daughter, Olivia Serial. Hi. Oh, should I say your full name? I, why are you... I don't know. In case weird stalker, you'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> I don't have that many social medias. <laughs> oh, that's right. You got rid of your Instagram, right? Yeah. Now, why'd you get rid of your Instagram again? Ooh, in the hard-hitting questions. Well, meantime, we were just talking about the fact that we both hate social media, mm-hmm. but are enslaved to it and can't get rid of it yeah because we feel like if we get rid of it then our careers will end like we have careers yeah i I think that's actually the only reason that i would want instagram back is because it is a good uh thing for career building especially if you just like want opportunities because and like even with like artists and stuff so like anybody who's looking for a job there's people on instagram who are are people getting jobs from Instagram? Yes, I got. I had. I you got a job through Instagram. What you got a job? You never told me. Yeah, well, it was like, it was like modeling work and stuff. How old were you? Like tw- in my twenties, like right before I deactivated. Now here's something that you don't know about Olivia. Maybe you do. You you had a lot of people approach you about modeling in your life. Yeah, you did. Um, you did like a couple different campaigns or things what was the what was the big oh. one that you did was like opening ceremony oh, opening ceremony that one was that was more of i had friends who were friends with the opening ceremony people and they wanted me to act in one of their things but it, it was like a oh yeah it was almost like a music video type of thing i remember that yeah a, a little bit yeah it, it was i think the purpose of it was to get because we were in high school it was to get high school or I don't know why I, I remember that they had a blog they don't have a blog anymore I don't think but they wanted to like reach out to a younger demographic I'm guessing because they're like a high end brand or whatever uh-huh. and yeah I had a friend who's like family friends with the people who like founded opening ceremony but you also did I remember you also had other little modeling things that would come by and People just see you, and because I, I guess you always, you always people know my daughter. You're, you're, what are you five eight now? I'm yeah. Are you taller? <laughs> you kind of, you kind of bad posture, so you might be I five do nine. Posture. No, I think I'm five eight. Okay, you're five eight. Yeah. And you're just, you're just like skinny. Just always been skinny, even though you eat like garbage. Mm-hmm. Ever since you were a child, mm-hmm. no matter where I take you, you just wanted grilled cheese mm-hmm. or a hamburger with ketchup and nothing else. Yeah. I literally, I'm not kidding you, I ate that on the way. <laughs> up, up to, or down here, yeah. Where did you get your hamburger? I went to McDonald's and I ordered... You didn't even go in and out? I went to... I, I got a McDouble with just ketchup and no cheese. <laughs> Isn't that the worst thing you've ever heard? Oh, that's terrible, Olivia. It's good though, it hits the spot. But you've never you've never tried veganism or anything like that? <sighs> Maybe accidentally. <laughs> Being like a college student. You don't buy meat that much. By the way, here's a fun fact. If you go to McDonald's and you say, I want a vegetarian burger. This is a joke. No, this is this is 100% true. Because okay. I have a friend who's uh, vegan. He goes, I want a vegetarian burger. They give you the buns, mm-hmm. ketchup, 
lettuce, pickle, and that's it. That sounds great. And he says it gives you the same feeling of like nostalgia and that mm-hmm. weird McDonald's because it's like very sugary and comforting. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like sugar in the ketchup. There's sugar in the buns. I'm sure there's yeah. sugar in like the So it kind of tastes the, the same because the meat at McDonald's has zero flavor. Yeah, it doesn't taste like anything. It's so if rubber. You, if you just eat the, the buns with like the accoutrement, it's yeah. the same taste. Honestly, yeah. I think if, if they had handed me buns and ketchup, I would have eaten it and been like, this is fine. This is exactly what I want. I think it really is just those two things. Yes. So Olivia, uh-huh. here you are. Let's talk about your journey. <laughs> now, people we've talked about before, but you know, Olivia, I met Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> I met my daughter when oh, she was that? around. Oh, you weren't quite two. I think you, you met were, me when I was two. You were like a year and eight months, or a year and ten months, something like that. I thought I, I thought I first met you much later. Did we talk about the first time we met? I don't ever, think I can remember. This, you're going like this. Olivia's girlfriend is here in the audience who's going to be a silent spectator judging silently. Yeah. yeah. But um, the first time we met, and, and honestly, I might cry talking about this. Oh. First time we met, you, I went to, there was an apartment you and your mom were living in, in like Chelsea. Oh. And oh, I think I came there with my parents. Because we did the whole thing. I did the DNA test, which is kind of like a COVID test. You did? You didn't know this? No, I didn't know this at all. This is crazy for you to tell me right now. Here we go. It's all coming out. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't know that I was the, the father originally, right? Mm-hmm. And because there was another person in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As it were, which I'm sure you know about, which mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't name. Yeah. Famous people in the podcast, Matt LeBlanc. But the thing <laughs> is, anyway, uh, so I did the, the guy showed up with yeah. a hat and a suit and a briefcase and he got like a cotton swab right. and he left and then it's, you know, I got the results back. Yeah, it showed up in my apartment. The guy comes The guy to comes. You? It's like the adjustment bureau. He, he had a bureau. He had like a, a briefcase and a hat and a fedora. Cool very Like opens it up in the apartment, has a swab, and he takes it out. That's crazy. Yeah. And of course, at the time, I'm like, I hope this swab gets contaminated. You know, at the <laughs> time, of course, you know what I mean? I didn't know how you were going to be so cool. <laughs> but anyway, so he takes it. I get the results. Like, oh man, I guess this is it. But before that, uh-huh. your mother sent a picture of you mm-hmm. as a baby to me and my parents. And my parents were like, do you really need the test? Yeah, that's that's what, that's what the story that I knew. I didn't know that you ever got oh, yeah. a DNA. I didn't know you got an official one. I thought it was just so <laughs> obvious by looking at me. Yeah, because it literally <laughs> like looks exactly like my baby picture. It's, mm-hmm. it's uncanny. No, yeah, yeah, I remember that. When we were looking through your old... Um, photos and I was like, oh my god, you look identical to me at the same age. <laughs> Even like at, at two months, like a little cleft chin. It was yeah. beautiful. So, um, and then so we, I set up a, to meet you through your mom, and we, I go to the thing, and you, you would always do this thing when you're a kid. You'd play by yourself because you're an only child, mm-hmm. and you were walking around at this point, mm-hmm. and you were playing with blocks and just kind of going around. I, and I walked in, I kind of like sat there get, with my back against a chair. And you were kind of humming to yourself. You'd always hum to yourself and play. Mm-hmm. And you're playing box, doing different things. And you kind of like clocked me. And then you're walking around. We did do big introduction. Olivia, because you were you didn't really speak then, right? When do people speak? How oh, old? I have no idea. So people speak around three, really? Yeah, I haven't interacted with a baby in a while. So I don't know. So, so you're less than two years old, maybe a year and eight months. And then you're kind of walking around, looked at me. And at one point you came over to me. This makes me cry, I'm telling you. You looked at me and you took your index finger and you touched my face like this. You just kind of like stroked my cheek, like like outline here. Uh-huh. And then you walked away. 
And I was like, she knows I'm her dad. It was like, you looked at me like, look at this guy. He's familiar to me. And then you like, you just did this to my face. And you walked away, went back humming, playing with your toys. I was like, she knows I'm her dad. That is an insane thing to do. Could you, <laughs> you were imagine crazy. If, hey, could you, no, but could you imagine, like, did I just do that to people? No, you did to me. Olivia, it's a story about a dad and a daughter. Come on, relax. <laughs> I, I I could believe that I I saw like I saw you and I was like that's me but yeah. not me yeah because you looked moment. at me first like who is this guy and then you kind of like touched my face and you're like huh and then you walked away yeah um anyway that was a very interesting moment and I don't know if you remember one of my other favorite moments in New York is uh-huh. when you came you weren't really staying with me for a while but it was when you were maybe a year after that or maybe around the same age because you were still had diapers. Oh, okay. And you, we went to an indoor playground. I really, wow. I was a baby baby. It was a baby. It was an indoor playground because I was like in Manhattan. I had you for the day. I was like, what the heck do I do with this child? I have no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. So I took you to this indoor playground. Mm -hmm. um, And you started this mutiny with all these children where you were like (laughs) running around. (laughs) screaming knocking things over but you were like in the head of it i was like my daughter's a leader <laughs> look at her and you were just right you were really athletic and running around and then at the end they were closing down and you do want to leave you were on one of those like toy toy trucks nice and i was like livy we gotta go and you were just like you took it out of the playground into the hallway and then you took it into the bathroom <laughs> and i was like livy we gotta go let's go let's go and i'm not gonna discipline you you know what i mean so I sh- I turned off the lights in the bathroom and I shut the door, and I was like, "She's gonna be, she's gonna like, like get upset and cry or whatever." Say so and like nothing. No. I waited like two minutes. And I opened it. You were just sitting there like, hey, with a shitty I, I grin. I like, this <laughs> this daughter. Anyway, those are some of my favorite New York moments of you when I first got. Anyway, yeah. so that was when I, we first uh, we first met, and um, you've never, in my experience with you, you've never presented any problems to me it's very weird <laughs> that's good you were never a problem kid were you ever a problem kid You're, honestly maybe no. your mom will have something will have a different opinion <gasps> well no because i think i didn't i didn't want to cause any problems yeah like fundamentally i was like i don't want to cause yeah any problem. i think you I, knew that there was a lot of like strife going around in the world and in the family yeah. you're like let me just kind of be chill yeah but you knew that at a young age which is a lot of responsibility to yeah, take yeah. on yeah and so you were always a good student mm-hmm. and you would do, you were kind of, you're in f- school for film now, right? That's your major. Yeah. What is the, what's the name of the major? Is this filmmaking? It's film and media. Film and media. Yeah. Okay. So, but you were also into that when you were in like sixth grade, seventh grade, you would make like these videos. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those videos? I don't remember them anymore. I just remember you like were way too young on YouTube doing monologues about oh. stuff. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, it's like you. I feel like you just unlocked a memory that's very oh, wow. distant. I, I, I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but I, when I was in elementary school, I made like skit videos on YouTube. But I don't know if yeah. it, it might, I think, I, I think it wasn't middle school because by middle school, I think my, it was like sixth grade. I know. I think it has to be younger because in middle school, I wasn't doing that. I was making, um, oh my God, I was really into anime. So I was making these things called AMVs, which is- What is AMVs? You just edit anime to the beat of a song. Like you make a music video, but use clips from anime. I was like, that's what I was making in sixth grade. Really? Yeah. 
And I, you put it on YouTube? And I put it on YouTube. Would it get traction? Uh, the, the I did one. I did a AMV to a Lady Gaga song that got 2,000 views. Which at that point Which is huge. Which pretty good. Yeah. When you're 10. I found my calling. Yeah, I was like, this is the best thing. <laughs> yeah. But then what happens is you, you go, you were always a good student. You're kind of like me, but better. You were a good student. So, of course, when you're a good student, and particularly as a, as a woman, people want to push you into sciences mm-hmm. because you're like, hey, if you're a female who's good at engineering and math and science, you're going to be a scientist. So, I think that was like what, what grandma and stuff wanted to push you towards with science because you first went to Berkeley for, for cognitive... Cognitive n- science, yeah. Or neuroscience? Uh, it's, it's just cognitive science is the ma- major. I honestly, I would still be a cognitive science major if they didn't force you to do computer science. Oh, really? Because I'm very, very poor at computer science. And the entry-level class that you have to take at Berkeley is one of the hardest classes. Is it coding? Yeah, it's coding. Like C++? Or what Uh, is the language? Because I I, I was really bad at computer languages, too. It was was Java, apparently. Thank you. Java. (laughs) I was really crappy at that, too. I don't know why. It was so hard for me. It's really interesting because I was I was really good at math. Yeah. In high school, I was really good at calculus and stuff, but I think I was good at it because I always knew there was like one solution for the uh-huh. most part. But in coding, there's so many different ways to figure something out, and you can get to the same conclusion, but you, like, all of what you did was wrong or not the best, or like, it's just so many like infinite v- variables. Yeah, it's it's it was like too much for me to process, especially as So that was the sticking point for neuroscience or cognitive science. What's the difference in cognitive science and neuroscience? Uh cognitive science is an interdisciplinary uh major where it's ba- it's it's a it can include neuroscience. I uh uh what is I don't remember, but basically, like, parts of it, it would have, like, philosophy and linguistics and, like, uh. psychology, sociology. Like, it had stuff like that. I've like, never heard of that before. More. Yeah, the, like, I really liked it because I thought that pretty much every other aspect was really interesting. But cognitive science is, like, a big deal for people making, like, AIs. So uh. the major at Berkeley was really uh, dedicated towards sort of that. And you, and you, if you got through computer science, you could... Yeah, um, and if you're in the field of AI, you will work the rest of your life yeah. forever because yeah. that's going to be everything in like two years. Yeah. So, but you dropped out of that. Yes. Was that I a did. tough decision or, or did you feel like, mm. I just needed to finish college. Yes. Truthfully, I needed to finish college and I knew that. The art train was going to be the easiest way to finish college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, because it was like, I really loved doing it and the only classes that I was doing well in were like film classes I mean, I was doing I was doing good in my psychology classes, but like the the classes that I had to take for cognitive science, I was yeah, it like wasn't clicking. So now you are going to graduate with a degree in film and media. Isn't that awesome? It is awesome, but there's no <laughs> minor, right? It's just no. Yeah, I couldn't take a minor. I probably would have tried to take it as a minor. Yeah, if I was in so f- f- you need some more heat here. Let me turn up the heat here. Let me turn up the heat. Yeah, okay. If I turn up too much heat, the whole thing, the whole system shuts down because there's a generator the size of a hamster wheel in there. Cool. Um, but yeah, you can move it closer if you need to. Anyway, um, you can put it on your lap. Just put it right. So, Livy, this is interesting because we're in the same field-ish. <laughs> Are you going to direct your dad in something? That'd be funny. I think that would be funny. <laughs> so, as a f- what's your thesis going to be? 
because that must be coming up, right? Um, you don't have to do a senior thesis, but you can. I don't. I don't know if I'll have one. So what would be the idea of it, like make a film or something? Yeah, you make a film and you you make a twenty minute film and you make a twenty page paper. It's like very academic driven because Berkeley is about academics. Yeah. So. So why don't you want to make a film? Um. I because I, I honestly I don't. I can get I, you all sorts of good professional actors to be in it. Thank you so much. It's <laughs> it's really just like it's tough, and I think going to school on Zoom right now is oh, like yeah. a nightmare, and like it sucks to be doing school on Zoom. So I don't know how I would. I don't know. I just feel like I I wouldn't. So I want to I want to talk to you about that. So is school going to resume classes in two thousand twenty one? No, they've already decided that. Yeah. Interesting. So, why? Why are they not? Well, because I think they know that if classes reopen, there could be a resurgence of COVID like in the schools stuff. Just because we honestly, you know what sucks? We were so close to reopening for last semester. And then um, there was a frat party. And like, Are you serious? Like, uh, like there was like no cases. There was like maybe like 14 cases, I think, that had been related to uc berkeley and then there was like a frat party and i forgot it was like a it was a stupid number it was like at least 70 but i think it was more like people got sick like immediately yeah and they were all going out and they have so it spread everywhere yeah just it's completely spread and they were like okay there's no way like if this is how uc berkeley students are going to behave we're not going to continue the class. but what do you think about that because don't you think like okay that happened we understood we learned our lesson we're not going to let that happen again there's going to be more rules to mitigate that because it seems like you should do everything in your power to get kids back in classes i i uh, colleges are like just nuts to me i don't i don't know what they're thinking what you just i'm slowly opening my my pre-roll popped it with because i might start i might smoke a little bit um, but I think I think the problem is the damage is already done, so now there's a bunch of people who already like have it at the beginning. Of but the they've day. had it, and they could spread it, and, and they might have. They probably did spread it to other people, and whatever, whatever. And yeah. they were already really worried about um, holidays and people traveling. Yeah, which I know somebody got sick after traveling. I did. We we're talking about I got COVID traveling for sure. Yeah. So then, if a bunch of students are traveling and coming in and out of Berkeley, that's like. More, it's basically an airport. At well, point. here's where we're go- here's where we're gonna we're our political go. divide is gonna <laughs> come up. Do you think up. it's not? Real? <laughs> no, I think of course it's real. I had it, yeah. and it wasn't pleasant. Yeah. But your your age mm-hmm. with kids your age who are all you know middle classes, upper classes, like who have a lot of access to free healthcare in colleges, like mm-hmm. it's not killing people at Berkeley. I would I would venture to say that no one's died at Berkeley from it. Oh, I'm I'm sure that. Like student wise, yeah, a student has not died in Berkeley, but in the city of Berkeley, I'm sure there's people who have died, and yeah. I'm sure that there have been there is so many old people that live around of course. Berkeley. It is essentially college kids and then old people, and then old people. So yeah. the idea is that like you got to keep people in Zoom because if you let these kids out, it's not the kids, but they will go and spread it to old people when yeah. they go to the convenience store. Yeah, but. they'll they'll spread it to people who would be like compromised or whatever and like there's different strains of it like it's it's just so much worry i think and i understand being like well it's 
like a flu but i i think that because it's so unknown and like there's new things coming out about it like all the time they're like what's the latest because i'm not following and i feel like you guys you guys are very on top of the latest and greatest with covid i i tend to try to block Uh, it out and just sort of i bet (laughs) (laughs) i'm not an anti-mask or Mm anti-vaxxer but we were what i was talking with time about this like you Mm -hmm you will hear of an anecdotal story and then that will dictate how you behave with it. Well, because I think it's like one thing is enough to be like, it's not about being scared. It's not like about living in constant fear. I think it's more just being like cautious, like Mm -hmm. truly. And just like, there are so many ways to avoid like doing certain things that will like expose you. And just like, if you can be cautious, if everybody like does a simple thing where like, oh, we're going to disinfect or we're going to wear masks or we're going to stand six feet apart, like, it's not that big a deal. I think that like at a certain point you you just have to and and there's ways like if everybody stays safe and everybody's like checked and you can like hang out with like a few people. Yeah. Cuz you know that everybody's okay and they're like trackable. It's just like you just have to be careful. Well, what do you think about the 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 countervailing argument that all the social isolation is leading kids your age mm-hmm. to really go into depression and suicidal ideation and stuff like that. Uh, that's something I always worry about. Sure. Well, yeah, I think that it's, it's depressing in general, but I don't, I think no matter what you might be upset because the state of the world is completely different and it's, it's changed and that's beyond your control. And that's what makes it so scary. Yeah. So it's, even if you're going out and partying, you're going to like get sick or like, somebody else is gonna get sick and you're gonna like what are you doing yes and then you're just getting mad that like you can't go inside of a restaurant <laughs> like i don't know it's it seems it's, it's just it's I mean, it's just a bad situation yes no i agree i know that like as a comic a lot of comics will not travel and i was like they're being dumb and the second i traveled for comedy i got sick <laughs> <laughs> traveled for comedy you gotta do it right you gotta do it well, Olivia, one thing I also want to talk about is you said that you didn't like my comedy because you think it's mean. I didn't, did I say that? I don't know what I say. I just you said, said I said, well, you want to say show? You said, I don't like your comedy because it's mean. And I've never I forgotten that. I don't think that I said mean. I think I said it's uncomfortable that you talk about sex and you're my dad. Is that the, is that the real issue? I remember that's part of it because every time you're you're like, please, like, no, watch my stand up. Like, and then it's just, like, and then it's like, I was fucking these bitches. <laughs> no, it's not. That's you, not true. You were, oh, oh, oh my, maybe it is true. No, there was. I don't um, think I would ever say I was fucking these bitches. Me and no, I don't think you were that crass. But you were like, I was having sex with a woman because you're polite. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jules was. Um, we were looking at your Instagram, and it's just butts, by the way. Like that's just your butt is out. So. My point okay, is that, is, that is the issue. I'm on Instagram. I do have pictures of it. But when I first posted a butt shot, I just thought it was when funny. When you first posted it. I remember my first uh, butt shot oh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious because it was in front of like Buckingham <laughs> Palace. And I was like, oh, there's next to like a beef eater who's all straight laced. And I was is like- Is that what they're called? The beef eater, yeah. I didn't know. I, I never knew the name. Well, you learned something from your father for once. Thank you. Um this is Michael David, who's also my neighbor. This is my daughter, Olivia Michael David. Cheers, daughter. Cheers. <laughs> He's smoking cigarettes. Michael, that's that's a bad thing. Can I have one kind of cigarette? Um, so, yeah, I have my daughter as a guest on my podcast. How great is that? How beautiful is my daughter, by the way? Listen, I see what you're trying to do 
<laughs> um, yeah, this is my crazy. I, th- I, I was always thinking about making a, a, a sitcom based on this yard because of the cast of characters. So we have Michael David, who is like a, who's, I mean, just the guy, he's like the Kramer character. He just walks in, does one-liners and leaves. Is that his full name or his first name? Uh, it's, it's his full name. That's funny. He was uh, the son of a judge in, in Canada. And he was, so in Canada, he was like rich. He had like $5 million, which made him like the richest person in his <laughs> province. And bec- the mafia found out because his parents died when he was like 16. And they like tried to extort him. That's and they insane. kidnapped him. And he got the FBI involved. And he like fled to America to like <laughs> avoid the Canadian mafia. That's and there was insane. so much stress. He had like a psychic break and we had like 5150 him. And now he just kind of like walks around like a ghost. But I love you, him. Did you say psychic break? Yeah. Like he saw the future? No, it's not what's called psychic break. Psycho- is it a psychological break? Oh, I don't know. I, it might be psychic break. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like. And then Mia uh, Mars, who lives next door to me, who's this daughter of a billionaire, but lives like a pop. Yeah, she lives like a popper for some reason. And upstairs, I have an Australian fixer who used to like break kneecaps for a living. Uh, this would be like the best sitcom, don't you think? That's a, that is an insane. And then there's a podcast, and every once in a while you have famous podcast. people who show up. Yeah. Then you have someone from This Is Us. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you say you have someone from This Is Us? Oh yeah. Who? Chris Sullivan. I he don't plays watch this is us Toby. He was heard on. it's heard it's a great show. <laughs> what do you watch now? What are the kids watching? I w- I, I want to talk to you because I, I want to know like how watching. I'm screwing up, mm-hmm. how I can be better, how I, how I can be more understanding and empathetic as a human being. Uh huh. Um. So that's good. So you're good for me that way because you always look tad. Yeah. Just be considerate. <laughs> I try. I feel like so easy. <laughs> you what? I feel like it's so easy to just be nice to people. I remember when you were at Christmas last year with my dad, oh my your God, granddad. Oh, you made me, me cry. Wait. Oh, yeah. That was last year, right? That was last year. There was a couple things happened last year. Yeah, they made me cry. So, yeah, you cried because we were ta- we used the word retard. You're, you're making fun I wasn't of- doing it. I was, it was my brother, Don. Don't blame <laughs> me. I would never. You were, well, everybody was laughing. Everybody was having. Everyone was laughing because he was talking about when he was in elementary school, we went to like a kind of odd public school and there were a lot of mentally handicapped kids that he that were just in our classes all the time. And he went to a school where there was he could only have lunch break with the mentally handicapped kids. And he was talking about it, but he used the word retard. And you got very upset and you cried. You said, don't like these poor kids. Don't it, use it, that word. It wasn't because he, he just said it. It was because he was like... He was like, oh, so scared of him. And he was like, he was like uh, freaking me out. He was like so scared. And then he like made fun of him and like imitated him and was doing all these things. And like everybody was laughing. And I was like, oh God, like just thinking about it makes me so sad. Cause it's like, they, like they, it's not like they're doing it on, like you have like all the power in the situation to just be like, to be like nice about, like you understand, like you understand that it's yeah. like they're not doing it. And like they, if like, if there's some part that's like they can't, help it for whatever reason yeah. if, if that is the case like i i like i don't like it just made me so uncomfortable seeing everybody like laugh well it's let like, me just say this in the defense of that no <laughs> no in the defense he wasn't doing it with mal intent to like hey guys let me mock handicapped people he was like talking about an experience that he had based on something we were talking about and he was he wasn't like 
he was like, it was really traumatic. And these, you know, they were like eating their boogers and shit in front of me. And I don't think he was trying to do it to really poke fun. He was just trying to tell a story. I don't know. It didn't I think, well, I think the, the problem with that is that I think he had to be aware about how everybody was responding in that moment. I think that if he was like, no guys, I'm really talking about my trauma with like the situation right now. <laughs> he wasn't like he was, he was eating it up that people were laughing and they were like, do you want to say something? Yeah. Jules has something to say. I think if you get trauma from someone eating boogers in front of you, I think you have bigger problems. <laughs> yeah. I think Gen- genuinely like that's not a big deal. Like it's okay. Like it's fine. It, they're just human, and it's like a kid. Like I had kids in my elementary school who ate boogers. They were just like, it was just a kid. Yeah. Like it was just kids eat boogers. Like it's fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. Even if it's if it's like a kid like shouting at him or like whatever. Like I I don't like he he was like making fun of like it was like beyond. Yeah, I, just I like understand that. we got upset, and it also and then at one point my dad. My poor little Trump supporting dad <laughs> said, Olivia, I'm trying to learn more about like the transsexual community. And you're like, it's transgender, <laughs> grandpa. Like, no one says that. I said and I was, like, I was like, Olivia, he doesn't know. Give him a break. He, remember when he told me that he would consider believing in global warming for me? <laughs> that was really kind. Oh, yeah. They ha- you had a debate about global warming or climate change. You know what's funny? We didn't. He just told me that offhand. Like, like apropos to nothing, he was like, you know what? <laughs> I'll consider he didn't even say I will he said I would consider it this is what I think this is the lesson I want to impart to you and you young cheerings uh-huh. the world has existed the way it's existed for a long time for better for worse probably for worse right <laughs> and people have been doctrinated to a point of view for a long time mm-hmm. based on their upbringing based on the government I mean my dad believed Russians were evil when I was a kid you know mm-hmm. what I mean when we went to m- my brother's honeymoon in Turkey and there were all these Russians on the the coast of Turkey mm-hmm. he was like wow we're we're talking to Russians like it was so weird for him and this is not that long ago so um that's just the conditioning right and it's mm-hmm. old habit and definitely like deprogramming but there's amount of like sensitivity to these these dinosaurs myself included Mm -hmm. in terms of learning how to be more understanding and empathetic that I don't think a lot of times it's not out of bad intent one of the big journeys for me in my life is learning like my because my one of my jokes I got from quarantine which I think is funny I say he my he looks at you to hope that (laughs) yeah because she looks like a tough crowd Mm -hmm. so I say I my dad's a Trump supporter my brother's a cop and my mom's name is Karen that's the honky hat trick right there it's a tough time for me to do comedy right Mm -hmm. so which is true my mom's middle name is Karen so I go so anyway having a brother cop and a Trump supporting dad Mm -hmm. and then having Jim my other brother who's Mm -hmm. like the most liberal human being on the planet is a liberal arts professor in Minnesota Mm -hmm. it's a very odd dynamic and I'm always, the thing that I'm always struck with is when people disown family members because of politics, they, I haven't spoke to my dad four years because he voted for Trump. I think that's not good. I don't think that's the way forward. Like you guys are the enlightened generation. Mm-hmm. And I always look to the younger generation, and I think you're at, in it, of, of smart, progressive people to like at least understand why these people are sort of the way they are. I think... I mean, absolutely, like, understanding people. But I think understanding people, you still, at the end of the day, like, if there's certain things you're gonna... It's, like, a big issue you're gonna disagree about. Yeah. Like, I and I think that everybody's kind of in 
their right to not like i think because there are some issues of politics where it's 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 sometimes petty but sometimes it's very serious like it's very serious like systematic stuff or like because there's there's people who don't talk to their family members because they're like oh they're racist or like they like express like really uh like derogatory sort of opinions on things and like Mm -hmm. they will not back down and it's uncomfortable to talk to them no like knowing this information like and i think there's some people that are a lot more aggressive about it like i don't necessarily think that like grandpa or your dad is like is like super aggro or super like he's a pretty mellow guy he he's he's very very calm and doesn't say much (laughs) he doesn't say much so like i don't think i mean like i hope that he's not racist or homophobic or anything that like most people i will say this for sure my parents particularly because i always feel that women are always a step ahead of men (laughs) in terms of the patriarchal structure they gotta be They, they are always a little bit like when when homosexuality was a, an issue in America mm-hmm. in the 90s, when it was like the conversion therapy was still a, a thing, mm-hmm. it was always the moms who were able to have the relationship with the sons and daughters who came out. And the dads were always like, bah, 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 and they always were the last ones to sort of change their opinion. Um, when I was in high school, I think he knew this, my first girlfriend was black. Mm-hmm. And um, my both my parents didn't approve for different reasons now was it racism i mean yeah they had two different reasons my dad's opinion because my dad is a fundamentalist christian your grandpa's his opinion was god separated the races for a reason holy shit this is what he told me my senior year in high school right oh my god and i was dating this girl named kira groves and and i remember that was very weird i was like 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 my dad's a racist like what the fuck dad and and I was like, and I told him, I said, dad, I can't believe you're racist. Like, I'm not racist. Just the Bible says, I was like, oh, dad, that's, and he kind of like got shy and like walked away and didn't talk about it again. And my mom said, Bill, I'm just wondering about the children. I'm just worried about the children. Like having, I'm like, what? They're going to be like beautiful and have a great gene pool. Like what's the problem with a black and white child? That's insane. But that was something, and my mom is a great woman, but they had these old antiquated belief systems. You're from that, Virginia, right? Yeah. Is that where you're from? Yeah. That's like the South. Yeah. It's yeah. the South. It's it the is the South. South. Yeah. South. I mean, it's outside D.C., but it's the freaking South. Yeah. And my mom is like basically hillbilly allergy, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, but when I started dating Kira and she would go and w- go to like soccer games or football with my parents to watch me play, my parents would come in with my black girlfriend and people would just look at them like... And give them like weird, dirty looks, and it got made my parents like very protective of Kira mm-hmm. and very sympathetic, and they kind of changed their whole opinion of that. You know what I mean? So they, so basically, ju- they just learned how not to be a racist because <laughs> I think it's something. It's a, racism is a learned thing, and not being racist is a learned thing. And so I think my parents are very like if I married a black woman, I don't think my parents would. They might flinch a little bit. Oh my god. I think I think <laughs> but if I but I will say if, if I was if when I was in high school if I'd come out as gay mm-hmm. I think my parents would be my dad would have probably been like hey let me take you to Jesus camp yeah so we can figure this one out but now my dad has a uh, now here's another thing that we've talked about 
are you do you are you gay is that we are you are you because we at one point i did a joke about this because i go because i i said i said because this is how this i found out that my my daughter liked like women uh because i would always ask you olivia i said olivia if if you're if you're gay, if you like girls, that's fine. You can tell me and you would never say anything. And then when I saw this picture of you and your ex-girlfriend on Instagram uh-huh. and it just looked really intimate. <laughs> it's just yeah. like you were like, cl- and I go, Olivia, mm-hmm. it's okay if you're a lesbian. You're like, well, first of all, dad, I'm not a lesbian. I have a girlfriend. I go, okay, I, well, then what? And you go, you good. I didn't. You said, I'm sexually fluid. And I oh said, first God, of all, no, I didn't. Yes, you did, no, Olivia. I didn't. You told me you were sexually fluid. Oh, my God. And I no, said, I never didn't. say sexually fluid around your father again. That's no way. I said, you set that up so that you would have like a funny. I swear to God. I swear to God. I swear on my life, I never said that. I've never been like, I'm sexually fluid. If I anything, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. You don't know. Okay. Yeah. So what do you consider yourself now? I don't know. <laughs> because I know that like, when it comes to gender, there's a lot of different things and a lot of different mm-hmm. forms of expression. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're very much um, of the belief that there's infinite numbers of, of gender expressions and, and you're very supportive of all of it. But so do you see yourself as non-binary? How, how does that look? Oh my God, this is like a loaded question. I don't know. Right? I th- I That's think, a fair question, right? I think, I'm just trying to learn this stuff. Well, I think, I, think, I, think, I think the reason it's a loaded question is because I think, particularly for me, I think that it, it, gender recently is like a very confusing topic for everyone even people That's in the community interesting that you say that <laughs> you don't think it is for everyone well i think that if you're having like real moments where you're considering your gender and gender sort of expression and what gender means to you you there is a chance that you are non-binary it doesn't necessarily mean that you are but i think that that's something to like look into because i think when you question gender to a certain extent that's when you realize you're like oh well then i i don't fit in to this binary or i don't see myself as this expected binary and to free myself from that label yes i identify with this thing outside of the label and that takes the pressure off so the the non-binary movement is a way of freeing yourself from societal labels that are oppressive it's it's not like a big uh, to be I, I i guess it is it has to be political to some degree when it's talking about societal norms but i i i think that everybody just individually has a connection to this idea of gender and that can be whatever like, yeah. like and it and this like the idea of supporting that is just be like whatever yeah it, everything's good like however you feel comfortable whatever makes you comfortable it doesn't have to be contained by whatever expectation yeah like no matter what like if you if you you can be like um like cis like a cis man which is what i am which is what you are which is not apparently a good thing anymore well you just have a, a lot of you got, got a, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. um but like if you if you wanted to like dress like a certain way it would be like oh that's fine like it, it doesn't matter like you can still be this way but some people to them like how they dress has more meaning mm-hmm. or has like a gender significance. Sure. It, it's just very complicated. And I think the easiest way to understand it is to just be understanding towards everybody and just, and like hear them out. Yeah. And like use correct pronouns and love well, that, what they want. That's another thing is I think that most people, and I'm even talking, I'm even talking about the, the TSs, the Trump supporters, most middle Americans. Mm-hmm. I think they, they want to do, the right thing and they want to use the right pronouns i think most people will be like well if i like individually they will address it 
as a whole, they blanch at the idea of it. That's fucked up. Sure, I agree. That doesn't make any sense. That completely contradicts each other. <laughs> to be like, yeah, we want to do the right thing. We want to use the right pronouns, but pronouns? Ugh, ugh. Well, let me put it this way. They'll go, I'll use, if you go, I want to be referred to as they. Mm-hmm. I think most people go, or are not be called a she or, or her or whatever. I think most people will deal with that. If they're told, okay, there's going to be a new law enacted saying that it's a hate crime if you misgender someone, I think people will blanch at that. Do you think that's a crazy idea? Oh, we're getting into it. You're like it's Jordan not that Peterson. Hard, <laughs> but if you do it accidentally, uh, you accidentally like say like a slur like at a targeted group. Like you're like oopsies. Like what? Like no. It's like it's it's obviously it's not as intense as saying a slur, but it's like it's still like a person wouldn't prosecute you like if there was someone you're talking to and you have like a like a you talk to them and they know you respect them and you accidentally say the wrong thing yeah they're for the most part they're not gonna be like like what the fuck did you just say they're they might feel embarrassed they might like have like a moment do you want to speak on this Jules wants to speak on this Jules wants to speak on this um really fast I just want to I just want to say like I it it's like they're not gonna they're not going to charge you with a hate crime, but if you're doing it against someone and you're doing it with anger and you're doing sure. it with whatever, like that's messed up. Of like, course. That's just the jets. Jules uh, here. I think it's a really weird stance to take to, to like say anything about like, Oh, you'll be arrested if you misgender someone, because that really has never been like, I don't know any trans people who is, who've ever wanted to arrest anyone for misgendering <laughs> them. <laughs> like that is so, out of out of of sync and i think really the issue is is that there are people across the world like i'm hungarian hungary has like terrible like it is basically a fascist country now there's like basically a dictator and like you can't be gay there like you really can't be gay gay people can't get married they just got their rights taken away you can't be what do you mean they just got their rights taken away well you were able to i think i forget if you were able to be completely married or just be like like have a civil domestic partnership domestic partnership but um recently like the hungarian i forget what he is the um prime minister or whatever Yeah. yeah he is like that but he's like still like the prime minister but he's just been doing shit i've been reading about it and it's scary but um he um basically said that like they're not even allowed to have a domestic partnership anymore and like if you if you are like a trans person like you can't change your gender on your birth certificate like you can't do any of that stuff and you can be just openly discriminated if you're trans or gay and there are other countries where you can be arrested or even killed for being gay and it's fine and i think at the end of the day that's all trans people want is like they they would like to be gendered correctly but it's also the fear of like if I'm trans and I want to present as as like not the gender that I was born as like for example I'm non-binary and like sometimes it is scary like it's it's scary being like oh if I want to transition like that's a whole thing that I have to face and that's Mm -hmm. a whole monster I have to face and it's like I don't care if people gender me as she or whatever like I'll be fine I'll go home and like I'll spend time with my girlfriend who genders me correctly but like I'm not going to arrest anybody for that. Really, I'm just I'm just scared to go outside sometimes. Like I'm scared to like go like not in Los Angeles or Berkeley, or San Francisco, yeah, San Francisco. Like that's fine, but there are places in the world and like Hungary where all my family is, all my extended family is. Like I'm scared. I'm scared to take my girlfriend there, and I'm scared to walk around with my like with my girlfriend's hand. I'm legitimately so. If you afraid. walked around with Olivia in Hungary holding hands, you could be arrested. Not arrested. No, you couldn't be arrested for that. There are countries, though, where I'm pretty sure you can be arrested for that. But it would be frowned upon and people would probably shout 
uh, words at us. Like people would would not be approved approving, and I don't even know what my family would think. My I don't think my family has met anyone gay. My my um, cousin's kids saw a black person for the first time when they were three, which is crazy. Like that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, a lot of places in the world are like that. Yeah, They're really. Oh wow. Which is yeah, it's just like crazy to think so about. So you haven't come out to your parents yet. Uh, they know I'm gay. Yeah, how did you come out to them? Um, I told my mom in the car. It was a very emotional moment for me, and she looked over at me and she was like, "I know." <laughs> of course, that's usually the way it is. The mothers always know. <laughs> everybody, everybody. So, Livy, now since you never really came out to me, yeah, I just had to figure it out on Instagram. Yeah, um, did you come out to your mom and to your grandma? No, no. They just slowly knew. Yeah, I've just not. <laughs> it's 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 like it's it's scary. Even if you know, like the people love you, it's. I think that the reason it makes it scary is that things change a little bit. What do you mean? Like oh, in the way that you relate to them. Yeah, like converse, certain conversations are slightly different, or like just it, it. It it feels like there's like elephants in the room where they weren't before, sort of thing. Like like if like because it, it doesn't. Com- it's not like it comes up if it came up if someone like asked me point blank I think at this point I'd have to be like yeah <laughs> but like it's I don't want to just have to bring it up because then it becomes like a whole thing yeah of course I just want to like continue existing as I, I have it. been so why was it so hard for you to come out to me Did um, you think? and by the way what I felt very guilty and I talked about this I was like I hope it's not because I came off as such a freaking cretin <laughs> as a dad that I wasn't going to be supportive because I was like man do I really seem that unsupportive no I don't think that I, I don't think that I ever thought that you would be like uh did I but <laughs> well there was a reason <laughs> why you didn't well no, no I think it's I think it's the same thing where I'm just always mm, oh gosh I don't know I'm like really thinking about it and I feel like there's always there's always like a little because fear. even when you moved in with yeah. Jules yeah you're like I'm moving in I'm, I got a new roommate I'm moving in. Do you know this story, Jules? Yeah, so, I, I told them. <laughs> so I go, okay, she's going to move in. That's all I know. And I had no presupposition about anything. So I walk in and I see you there. <laughs> nice looking girl. And she goes, hello, Mr. Dawson. And you shook my hand. And I was like, hi, nice to meet you. And then we get, I get the card live. I go, so that's your girlfriend, huh? And you're like, how'd you know? I was like, she shook my hand and said, hello, Mr. Dawson. Nice to meet you. That is the most girlfriend like thing hello, to do the father i yeah i told i told i told jules that and then i also told jules that you said that they looked like somebody that i would da- i was just like you said something which i think you was just like word for you were like oh uh, yeah that person looked gay no that's not what i meant <laughs> i think just, i were like the tattoos and the piercings like, well because i think that makes sense because like i'm uh, we're also we're kind of like nerdy olivia me and you both <laughs> <laughs> and so we're i think we're usually drawn to people who aren't so nerdy i think olivia looks really gay <laughs> i think i'm clockably gay at this point but well the thing about you when i started suspecting <laughs> that you were that you were gay which is going to fall along stereotypes mm-hmm. is you were in eighth ninth grade you had your mm-hmm. growth spurt so you're like five eight mm-hmm. you you're built oh like a god. you're built like a runway model oh my god you know and you'd wear like you know skinny jeans you'd have you know and you're like i said built like a runway model and then you wear this plaid shirt button to the neck and i was like oh my god this yeah. girl is hiding everything yeah that's a bit <laughs> it's that's not a bit no no, no i was saying i, w- I didn't finish my sense i'm saying that's a bit um obvious in <laughs> retrospect um yeah i think it, it, it's so funny because i feel like 
stereotypes are i think people use them aggressively and stuff but like when you are like you are gay or lesbian and you realize you're like god that's so true like some of the stuff that like like it literally it is a joke that lesbians oh what is it called u-haul lesbians where they like they start dating and then they immediately move in together oh yeah that's like a thing and oh yeah it's just like yeah how long you guys were dating before you moved in with each other not that long <laughs> like a couple of months you all lesbian i've never yeah. heard that phrase before yeah <laughs> don't use it to be rude <laughs> oh okay okay now i gotta know what the slurs are and what they are <laughs> so now here's a delicate question oh god okay because there wasn't delicate questions before no those are those are softballs all right so um do you think that like if you let's say you were in uh i don't know you were in high school now or you were in middle school now mm-hmm. where um the transgender movement is so much more expressed and accepted and encouraged do you think that was something that you would w- a- 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 when you were sexually confused, is that something that would make you think like, wow, maybe I'm this? Or do you think that it, it sows any seeds of, of sort of confusion among young kids who just actually just might be gay? I don't think that, I think kids are going to be confused no matter what. Yes. And I think even if they're now being shown more options, I think, because there's always been trans kids, there's always been non-binary kids, and there's all the gay, they've all existed the same. And just the level of access to understanding it has been so there's been kids who have gone through that but like before this like they've thought that they were there's so many stories about like um like trans kids thinking that they were maybe gay and then finding out like oh no i'm not i'm I'm, actually trans trans." like stuff like that and the reverse too as well right um thinking i'm trans and like oh actually i'm gay i i don't know I mean, probably. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. I think that it's more common, from what I've seen, the other way. I think, with thinking that you're trans, and I think maybe it is because, uh, again, information about being trans was yeah. not. There's you, more conversations about being. You gay. know what? You know what I think the weird the the weird thing about the homosexuality and the the LB, LGBT crazy sentence to start. No, this well the weird thing in terms of like how people perceived it and how society perceived it and why it was people got so like took such umbrage to it is because mm-hmm. I think that people from a weird evolutionarily biological point of view they just think about procreation as the point. Do you know what I mean? So then they have a child that won't procreate for them. They're like, you're destroying the family legacy. You're destroying the bloodline. Yeah. So there is something about like I like as your father like i also would love it if you had a kid i want to be a granddad oh i'm gonna have a kid good yeah yeah you hear that jules yeah it's because there's still ways to like have of course i of course that's what i mean um yeah i i I think that usually think i mean it always seems like it stems from like a weird thing like a weird argument like that where it's like oh well that's not really like like i don't really know why that's I just think I'm just saying I think that's the natural weirdness that people have because they are hardwired into this weird like make babies procreate blah 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 this one will not make baby for more baby for family you know it's like a weird like caveman brain that's never evolved well, you know it's what also I mean? like I, I think religion is like one of the of course like this big bigger thing now are you what's your stance on religion where are you at are you an atheist Olivia I hope not uh, oh, I don't. I don't know. I just, again, I feel like there's so many things that I just let myself like 
So I'm like, I don't know. I'll find out. Like, I don't really need right before I die. I'll figure it out. Yeah, pretty much. Like I don't <laughs> like I don't I don't have a problem with anybody who. Do you is ever pray? Spiritual. Um, I feel like I have a habit of like saying words. I'm gonna say saying words to the universe, which sounds kind of silly, but no, like, that's true. Um, like kind of putting stuff out there like that. Um, and I think when I was like a kid, it was like to God, but then like as it became some more abstract. It became more abstract, I think, but because I never, it's never like I, it's never like I was like a practicing, like uh, Christian or anything. Like yeah. Never. Even though, didn't your didn't your parents take me to Bible camp? I think my uncle Danny took you to Bible camp. That was crazy. That felt like a fever dream. I think about that all the time. <laughs> what, what happened? What there, did you do? We, I, it was so weird. They, um, so I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was being taken. I was so young. I had no awareness. They just put <laughs> Wait, me in a car. Wait, were you eighth grade? Do you remember how old you were? Eighth grade? No, I was like you're an younger. I was in elementary oh my school. God. Um, and so I was so young that you, you put me in a car and I don't know where we're going and that's just life. <laughs> so like I th- put me in the car and there was at this place and there was like a bunch of kids and teachers and I was like I don't know anybody here and I'm a baby and like we walked in we watched this weird Forrest Gump parody I wish I as could, a live show or a- it was live there was a woman who had like the what's his name Wilson is that I've never seen Wilson's Forrest- Castaway oh my god Castaway sorry I said Forrest Gump so confidently no it was a Castaway parody it was like a biblical castaway parody it was like supposed to teach you like christian but it was like, it was like the thing where it's like very subtle christian sort of things like they didn't they weren't saying anything like yeah really you know crazy. you know wilson the ball is the ball is god yeah well that's there was like a girl and she had that and they gave us little figurines of all the characters and i was like really cool um <laughs> that was um that was like the first thing where i was like this is a little weird and then oh my god i can't believe i forgot this part so it just like other things that we did. We made wallets. Very cool. Um, yeah. We played uh, water balloon fights. Very cool. Um, and then there was a part where after like all the fun and the, the <laughs> you know, kid fun, we went to this little circle and there was like seven of us and we sat down and there was like this big boom box. Not a boom box, like a little, like a little old speaker. People don't have them anymore. Yeah. Like a CD player. And they like pressed it and it was like these dripping cave noises. And I was, and we we're listening to them and I was like this is kind of calming whatever and she was just like I don't remember the exact thing she said all I remember is that she was like okay like lift your arms up and like this is how Jesus felt when he was like in the cave or whatever like and we stood there in silence with our arms up for like I'm not kidding you like at least like five minutes just like in silence and I was like your arms are shaking yeah literally like which I think that's like something you do to punish children but like we were just sitting there and then she's like, okay. And then we stood up and we walked into a giant room with a giant screen and then Bible um, songs started playing for like babies, for like children to sing. I didn't know any of the words and everybody in the room Everyone knew the words. I felt insane. I was like, I was so freaked out. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you were- That you was the longest like day of seven, my life. You had to be like six or- You had to be like seventh grade for that. Seventh you, grade? No, I was an elementary schooler. Uh, would you sh- I don't know. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely no. Sixth grade in- max. Because no. I remember when it happened. Okay. I was not in sixth grade. I was you absolutely- like maybe thir- You weren't like 13? Okay. Anyway, I thought you were. No. But that I is was- crazy. I bet you that's what parents do. They go, we don't know how to talk to our kids about Jesus Christ. So let's take them to this camp and start them with the water balloon fights. Yeah. And the fun and the charades. Lead them and into then- it. 
boom, they get the dripping cave in the film strip. Yeah. There was there, a castaway reference. Again, I was maybe seven. Like, how was I? So- no way. You could have been seven. Really? Yes. Come I, on. And oh, there was showing me a castaway reference. I didn't know what castaway was until I was like, like maybe for, like six years later. Yeah. You I was had so to be 10. when I saw Castaway, I, I was uh. like, "That's the guy from Bible Camp." <laughs> <laughs> and I only went there for one day, which I think is the craziest part. I th- I don't know if I said something to somebody, and I was like, oh, "Please you, don't bring you me left? back." Left? Yeah, I got picked up, and I. And How I long were you supposed to be there? I have no idea. I also remember falling asleep in a church. I don't know who took me to no, church. No, no, no. It, w- it was my dad's brother, who's a lunatic. My dad never would have done that. I remember he gave me a comic, uh, uh, the Bible, but it was comics. Comic version. It was comic yeah. version. I remember I read it, and I didn't understand a lick of it, but I finished it. <laughs> a lick of it. Yeah, I didn't understand any of it. When I grew up, I grew up... So, your grandpa, Dave, mm-hmm. I, one time we went swimming, mm-hmm. and I wanted to jump off the high dive, and I wanted someone to catch me. Oh, <laughs> So I said, hey, come on, you catch me. He's like, oh, you sure? I said, yeah, come on. And I dove a high dive and I speared him in the chest with my feet. And he went under and went unconscious. <laughs> and he, he remembers being lifted up and pushed oh. to the side of the pool and hanging onto the side. Uh-huh. And there was no lifeguard. So in that moment, yeah. He, he had, floated. He had a, he was... He was, he, but he was knocked unconscious, and he went, he was woke up you on the side. You still float if you're unconscious. All right, just believe in a miracle, <laughs> will you? Jesus Christ! Um, do you use the restroom, Jules? No, I just want my phone. Okay, so um, and that kind of got him on his. And when people become born again Christians, yeah, it usually means they go psycho for a solid. So yeah, he was psycho for a few years. So we had yeah. everything in our house that could be considered evil or demonic. He would throw it out, and that meant like. We had Stephen King paperbacks that were thrown out. That's fair. He threw away all of his Playboy magazines. <laughs> if we had dolls that were like, blah, blah, and we started going to like weird church meetings where they would play records wow. backwards and say, there's yeah. an old ACDC song you play backwards that says, smoke a marijuana. And they're like, oh my God, can you believe this? Uh, look how far you've come. I know. Here I am, dad. Smoke a <laughs> weed. Listen to the podcast with you, me and your granddaughter. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, and I was like, oh, so I was like really brainwashed with that stuff at an early age. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, I, I, there's some things that are good about it because I do believe that like it's nice to have a sense of right and wrong. It's sure. nice to not think like it's all amoral and who cares, you know? I, I think I think everybody should have their own personal values about what's good and, good and bad. I think when there is like something that's dictating it for you, I think that that's questionable because like you said, when your dad was like, God made racist to be segregated <laughs> and he got that from the Bible, yeah. which is like the, the moral compass for people who really like believe in it. I think that's a problem because I think that's fundamentally bad. Yeah. But it's a weird thing. Cause here we are as a society, like what do we believe in? What is the social fabric that unites people in general? Cause I think that religion used to be that for a lot of countries and a lot of cultures. And now religion isn't, it's like Louis C.K. says, it's like a, a church is like going to a, a roller rink on a Wednesday now. You know what I mean? There's this when did he say that? <laughs> on his last special on his website, which I bought for $7.99. gave 90, him money? $7.99. I'm not contributing to That's a rape lot of culture. Money. Um, but it's a great special. But I'm he said, he goes, you know, like everyone used to go to church and now it's just like a roller rink on a Wednesday. Like there's just, it's just empty and like there's nobody there. And it does make me think like for your generation, which is going to be pretty much irreligious, what is the what is the sense of morality? Just be kind to people, or is there like a literally? Yeah, is that really it? Yeah, 
it's like it feels like, it, it feels insane that people are like i need like this i understand being like i want to believe there's like a higher being that there's like reason to the movements of the universe etc cetera, etc cetera. so i understand like going to that for spirituality yeah. and like i think if you pray if you find peace with that i think that that's one thing but i think using it to build your entire idea of like life and like morality and like how you treat other people i think that's that's a lot like i think you should just be good to be good not because somebody like a higher being tells you to i think you i think you should believe in that if you put out good i think you should believe in like maybe karma like but don't you think that your belief in that is predicated on the fact that you are a generation that's been exposed to all knowledge at an early age so you're able to kind of come back around to that idea sure i think that definitely the newer generations because we have access to so we we have we have more of well i think we have more of like a choice to some degree because we have more access to all information and so we can make a choice to sort of like look into things and actually like fully like because there's so many people are born into christian families and they're taught christian values and they don't and so you don't even get out of that bubble until you're like 15 and then you're like wait a second there's yeah. buddhism yeah and, you, and, and like but now it's like you. you're reading about buddha on the, on your phone at age eight sure well they they, they they try to teach you about certain religions when you're younger i don't know if that was just um, but so do what do you think then is the, the point of it all do you think do you think there is an overwhelming do you have a, a, an idea like do you believe in heaven and hell do you believe that there's reincarnation Anything like that? I think I would like to believe in a movement of energy. So kind of like reincarnation after you die. Because yeah. that seems like, like I don't know if it means like belief in a soul or something, but just belief that there is something, so you do believe in a soul. something there. But I don't necessarily believe in the idea of an afterlife. And I think people who get hung up on the idea of an afterlife... It's, I think that that's an issue because you should just yes. be living your life. But what do you think about... Hey, by the way, do you want to hear this? No. Please, Olivia, just have one. Oh my God, no. Olivia, please. I'm can you believe gonna, I'm peer pressuring you to do marijuana? Well, Olivia, please, just one. Just so I can feel like I'm ha- I'm smoking a joint with my daughter for once. Jesus. What do you think about... You, the, have, you literally... Okay. What? I, just smoke, kid. This is like literally inappropriate for a pandemic. <laughs> Why? I had COVID. I've tested negative twice since then. You're not going to get... I feel so much happier. That, like, relieves so much distress. Thank you. <laughs> now you're going to see that I don't know how to smoke weed. <laughs> but what do you think about the idea of Pat Oswalt and the Sky Cake Dodge? You know, that old bit where he says... <laughs> he <laughs> says... He goes, I love religion. I don't mean ironically. He goes, I love religion. Oh, my God. You're coughing. Do you need some water? I'll get you. I'm one. about to get too high in like one second. <laughs> okay, that was that's all. That's all. <laughs> what did Patton Oswald say? He was saying that before religion, yeah, all it was was just was it was just it was just rape and murder for dinner. That's all everything was. Just a, a big here, drink some of that water. A, that's an empty bottle of water okay. from somebody I don't I'll know. Get, Jules, can you go inside and get your my dying daughter a bottle of water? If you go, if you go, oh, it's right here. Hold on. No, that's not it. No, no, it's right. I have two. I have bottles. If you open the door, it's already open. It's right on the right. The idea that um, before religion, it was mm-hmm. it was the thing that stopped. 
it created civilization and led people to believe in ideas that was because everything before is just territory and just manifest destiny. It's just like rape and murder. Get I mean, manifest yours. destiny is Christian. I understand, but the, the, <laughs> the premise of manifest destiny, like, just take what is yours because it's what you are. It's because God to. gave you. Like, well, that's manifest destiny. Okay, this is what pre manifest destiny caveman style. The problem, the problem is, is that I don't think that I. Th- I think there's always been something like people have believed in something. So even cavemen have like looked up at like the sky the and been God, like, yeah. there is something there and I'm scared. And UFOs. Yeah. Whatever. Like, I think that there's always been something like that. So I think it's unfair to say that like religion has been like an overwhelmingly positive. Force. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, that it, it, the main idea of it is governance. Because you have all these people, you have to give them some sort of common thread so they don't all kill each other for territory. But then they have different religions and then they kill each other. And exactly. Well, that's where it all falls apart. Like, it's impossible to assume that... Like, the only things we have in common is that we're all people and we should just be kind to each other because we're all yes. people. But that is, a, like, a very... It's very interesting because I feel like that is, in humanity, that's a fairly new idea. Because we are very naturally very tribalistic. We've always been, as human beings, we've always been tribalistic. And we're, I feel like we're almost more tribalistic now than we were 500 years ago. Yeah, I think that it's, I mean, you want to support your community and you want to support your family. So yeah. That so makes you, sense. But you, I think you're going to find a tribe no matter however you can do it. Yeah, but I think, uh, it's, uh, I know what you're getting at. <laughs> like, I know what you're like hinting towards. What am I hinting? I'm kind of stoned. So what am I hinting towards? Well, like you're saying like that, like we're, um, I guess like with politics and stuff, like people are more like radicalized and stuff. They're going to their own groups. Like they're not helping each other out. Like they're more against each other and that sort of thing. Well, I guess I'm thinking about the idea of social fabric. Like religion used to be a social fabric that was, would always bridge Democrats, Republicans. It had a political sort of, consensus right Mm -hmm. unfortunately for better for us christianity america has like a consensus we're all the but now it's almost like religion is the purview of the right and then being irreligious is the purview of the left and so that that common thread is gone so i don't know what bond what bonds anyone in this country together anymore other than the idea of we're 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 more evolved, we're indigo children, age of Aquarius, yeah, we're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Your generation does think that you're better than any generations ever lived before. Because we just like, well, I mean, not to say that there aren't. You horrible just so people quickly in our agreed with that. <laughs> yeah, well, because well, well, what you're talking about, you're like, oh, like these, like they're stuck in their religion. They can't help saying slurs and stuff. It was in the Bible. <laughs> they got it. Like they can't stop. And like we're like, yeah, we don't do that because we like educate ourselves and learn ourselves and get involved in sort of like this this movement away from these social structures that have been hurting people for like years like for so long that i've been so religion is one of those because sure yeah so from a practical point of view if Mm -hmm. you and your generation your group at berkeley and you guys are kind of like the cultural tastemakers up there Right, you guys are at the forefront. I mean, Berkeley has always been at the forefront of the free speech political movement. free speech oh and political they discourse. Love talking, they love talking about the free speech movement. It's insane. There's, there's like. But meanwhile, Ben Shapiro comes and you guys have a riot. What the fuck is that about? Come on. Because you want to know why? Also, yes. I don't think it was Ben Shapiro. It was the other man. Oh, Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos. I don't want to say his last name. It, it was. People were worried. I listen whatever Antifa does that's their business <laughs> like but the, the reason that students were like forming and they didn't want him to speak was because there was 
And I don't, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is true, but I'll say that it was rumored because I don't know. Um, but basically that Milo was, he was going to. Oh, oh out as out a trans student. Is that it? He was, well, uh, it was like a mirror. Cause he did that before. I think, I think that he did that with uh, another student, but he was, uh, Oh shoot. What is it called? It basically protects undocumented students at Berkeley. Oh. If there's like a name for it. I forgot. I know what you're talking about. Um, but basically Berkeley is that. And he was basically going to find them and, uh, say these people are. are legal immigrants while yeah. during his speech yeah that was a rumor that was a rumor and there was there was like basically there's a bunch of stuff like that and even if there are rumors part of it was based in experiences that he had at other schools where he tried to be purposely sort of like aggravating and do stuff like that where he targeted students mm-hmm. um and people are like that's fundamentally not okay i think that's beyond free speech is if you're involving individual students and calling of course non-doxing. like that's a problem but it also didn't happen though yeah, it just never happened because students protested because they didn't want him to come and potentially do that because he but had done an, before. That becomes like minority report free speech. That comes. That's a he little weird. He did it weird. before. He might. Oh, let's see if he's done it before. And there's yeah, proven, yeah, that's the, it, it was based in like he had done it before. So then and why, there was he was potentially talking about it with other people. So why was there the big protest against Ben Shapiro? I Berkeley? truly don't remember anything that, related. I, I thought that was your time. I'm, um, I'm always curious because I, I mean, he's an Orthodox Jew and he's a nerd, and of course he's against gay marriage because he's an because <laughs> he's an Orthodox Jew, and of course he's against like um, p- people, you know, whatever the whole biological male. He's all into that thing because he's a yeah, or, he weird Orthodox. But that's just his weird belief system. So I guess my point is, if you're in a school that is at the forefront of free speech, why wouldn't people want that to be at least allowed? Because I think the thing with championing free speech. I, I, this is the... Hey, Mia, this is my daughter. Hi. That's Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll talk about this about time. We'll talk about this about time. <laughs> 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 anyway. Um, the thing with free speech is that um, I think that Berkeley's sort of like interpretation of it is i mean now they're they're very much like oh my god people don't think we're the free speech movement that's so sad bring them back like we'll have the like they're they're whatever but i think like the point of it was that like people who traditionally have not had have not been able to speak yes not been to speak up on like their own issues and like certain things like black trans gay like mm-hmm. minority like and other like minority communities like that's where they get time to like speak on topics and stuff so when somebody comes and their whole thing is borderline hate speech truly even sure. if he's speaking what like logically or he's speaking he's just like i'm just like whatever i don't sorry i don't know what he sounds like um <laughs> i think his voice is higher than that um but like and they're saying stuff like that that he knows is inflammatory he knows is causing debate like in a way that he's not listening to other people like he doesn't actually want someone to come up and be like yeah this and this and this because he's he's not there to hear it yes so so I, I get I, that. I just think that. Don't you think? Can you say something? Don't you think the sure. exact same things apply? And this is delicate, but don't you think the same things apply to people who believe in and trans affirmative uh, psychology for children? In other words, if a seven-year-old wants to identify as a different sex or different gender, mm-hmm. then uh, from the point of view of department psychology, you can only affirm that. You can't actually, if you try to convince them out of it, then you're a conversion therapist. So what do you think about now, if you try to have the flip side, you try to have a debate with these people who believe that all children who want to 
get medical transition at age seven, they can. Mm -hmm. If you try to debate them the nuance, they'll do the same thing and be like, you just did this person, like, they'll treat them like the Ben Shapiro of the situation. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you talked so much for so long about nothing that made sense to me. That I it don't. doesn't make any sense to you? So, I mean, you're, so you're, wait, you're, you're saying, saying you. <laughs> I'm saying that Ben Shapiro has a certain belief system. Yeah. That you guys at Berkeley oh, so are very you're opposed he's to. Trans for that? No, I'm saying <laughs> that you're very opposed to uh-huh. that his beliefs is. Yeah. So his beliefs is his belief system, and you could be opposed to that, but right? It like hurts people. Being it trans doesn't people. hurt people. Do you think that there is a possibility of a of a child being confused enough with other mental issues, getting trans that wouldn't be the right choice for them? You don't think that's a possibility? Um, no, I don't think that. It, I think that if that's what they're experiencing, then they they're experiencing valid gender concerns like if they decide later to detransition which is a myth what do you mean it's a myth like the way that it's like data about it gets used and pointed out with like actual full content like it's very very rare there's studies that like when they talk to people who've had like i'm assuming you're talking like surgeries well there's there's social transitioning and then there's medical transition yeah i'm assuming you're talking about medical transitioning because that would probably be the only reason that you would be worried because socially it doesn't matter well, it'd be hurtful for a little, for a Kyle, Kyle to feel that confused. I mean, for them, right? Yeah, but unfortunately, like that's not yeah. his fault. For, <laughs> yeah, I get it. So you're saying medical? De- what was the point? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you because I think you're you're like. I'm saying there are a lot of people who well, believe that the idea of allowing a medical transition at that age. Some people believe they they're just, morally opposed to that. I think so. That person who has that belief that they should be should have the re- same freedom to speak. Well, they can talk, but it doesn't mean you have to listen. Yeah. Does that make sense? Am I making a proper analogy or am I, I just stuck? really fast want to say one thing? I think that it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, because I think that it's it's you're talking about like a very 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 small percentage of of things that happen. Like there is not that many trans people. There is a lot of trans people, like the whole community, but like they are a minority. And um, there is an even even smaller minority of people who have ever felt like I regret transitioning yeah. in a certain way. And again, socially transitioning because it is it, in a, it should be reversible technically. Yeah. Um, and like certain certain medical surgeries, not all of them are like irreversible. That's where I'm assuming you're saying like, well, wouldn't that be the problem that that's stressful? Because I think going through the confusing part of like trying to understand your gender isn't yeah like that's a personal experience and like they'll have to go through that no matter what yeah i understand that i think that as a parent if you're in a situation where you have a child Mm -hmm. who wants to transition at a young age Mm -hmm. then you risk again it goes back to this weird caveman brain then you risk their fertility in certain situations not when they're when they're a kid they just give them hormone blockers and hormone blockers are reversible wait jules wants to talk okay sorry sorry i'm just wondering if this is an issue about giving kids medication or if it's about if trans people deserve rights because kids like kids like don't they like my parents for example I had a lot of like mental issues when I was younger and they didn't want to give me medication until I was and like now I do take medication and I don't I can't speak for what I wanted to do or what it could have been done when I was a kid or whatever but like I don't think like I think if the problem was giving kids medication that can change their brains at all then they should be attacking a lot more things. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it's about yeah. kids. 
it's not like about children they're just turning it into another issue because if they were really so worried about children then they would do they would like want to do studies of like for example I had OCD and I still have OCD they would do studies for like oh OCD medication for children and how does that affect them or trans medications for children how does that affect them and like hormone stuff and like does it affect the child negatively but they don't do any of that stuff so I don't think that's the issue yeah also again I just want to reiterate they if a child wants if there is a child and they've gone through the processes and conversation the kid is like I want to in some way medically transition they give them hormone blockers which are reversible and they just hold off puberty and like for a while and then if at a certain point they want to go further than that they can and if they don't they can just stop taking it yes and it's and I and I and I completely respect your your passion and belief for it I'm just saying that the people who disagree with mm-hmm. that would look at you the same way you look at Ben Shapiro. And now you're, you're of course, like, where they're wrong. I'm just saying it's it's also a point of view. Uh, I understand it's a point of view. I just, it's like, I really just, it's, it's very, very hard for me yes. to be sympathetic to a person who is not doing the same. So you feel that that everyone, and no matter what the belief, it should be, all be about inclusivity, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, I think, well, hold on, before we, you, because you kind I'm of bench me with I'm logic. I'm catch you a staff yeah, because okay. I'm like, then you have to be inclusive of these people means too. that people who are traditionally left out. So if you, yeah. if you have a belief that leaves people out, like, why, like, what is the, why would you want to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that doesn't make, why would I include that in my inclusivity? Because you don't, you're not inclusive. Yeah. So with that in mind, then everything that, everything revolving tribalism is inherently bad then right because tribalism is always antithetical to that so there should be no nationalisms no pa- I'm, I'm being serious oh, yeah, don't, nationalism no nationalism no patriotism and in a way like the idea of no borders is really what we want yeah i think that there's cultures and there's communities and that's stuff is respected that's that's it but like you're saying tribalism i'm like what are you <laughs> like we have tri- like we have communities and like people with like experiences like connect or unlike experiences also connect but i think that it's like hearing that out and being like oh no another one it's the same joint it's the same joint <laughs> for a little round two <laughs> um yeah i don't know what i'm saying this is my this, me off this is my problem this is my problem with you whippersnappers ready uh-huh like Bernie Sanders and everything that he represents and, uh-huh. and, and AOC and all that did all mm-hmm. like I, I understand that and the idea uh-huh. of a of a liberal utopia of everyone respecting boundaries and living community living and loving each other is a beautiful thing and you're like it's not possible it's so beyond not possible well I'm not so the idea of like trying to make people fit into this impossible utopia I'm not gonna just, live forever like I'm not gonna live forever. That's like, but you can just nudge the nudge it yeah, along a little bit in the right stay, direction. Like it's really not that huge cosmic. Like you're just you're just like one you're just like one person, and like you interact with people individually. Just like be kind and have that. Like you don't have to think of like this big like. Well, you know, <laughs> like like this will never work. Being nice to people, I might as well just like like we're never gonna all be nice. Like there's always gonna be one asshole. So I might I should just you know whatever. Like like and you can live your life like that. But if like. I don't want to interact with you. Like that's that's yeah, just, I get that. right. Like whatever. I just think about every time in society when a utopia is trying to be born or built or created, it always goes tits up in a ditch. Well, it's all all the utopias and stuff. They're still like built after systems within our that we are whatever. Just like capitalism. Like I was thinking when you said that, I thought of like dystopian novels that you read. Yes, and they're just talking about <laughs> real life. 
Really fast, I want to go back to a question you asked yeah. that I don't think ever got really answered about like free speech and like the like the two sides are the same. I feel like they're absolutely not the same just because if somebody tells me, um, I think you're not real, like I think your belief about gender is not real and I'm going to call you a slur now. Mm. Um, and all I'm saying, I don't say anything mean to them at all. I'm just like, oh, I would just like to be perceived as me. And I would like to hold hands with my girlfriend and I would like to get married and I would like to change my yes. sex or whatever. Those are very different things because they're suddenly intruding into my space and telling me that I'm doing something Good question. Wrong. Now, here's a, here's a corollary to that. I'm going to give you the, the, the antithetical to this. So what about a, a mother and father who have a child who then tells them at age six, I'm a boy. And they say, you most certainly are not a boy. And then they go to their school counselor and say, I'm a boy. They won't let me be a boy. And the counselor works with different oh, authorities, and they, yeah, which what, is a it's thing it's that a hypothetical. it is oh not a hypothetical. God. It's already happened. Oh, It has happened. Well, you think that they're literally just going to be like that, like one thing. There's obviously other there factors. There are people who believe that is the right thing to do. To take, and I'm, to take the child away because the child is not being allowed to be who they really are. I think... So I think this is a much bigger issue. And I think there are ways of handling children. I don't think people necessarily handle children in the correct way. I think it is very easy to traumatize a child. And I think it is very difficult for children to be told that nothing is going on when something is going on. Like, like I was told multiple times when I was a kid that I... Like, like I was never listened to as a child and it traumatized me until mm. adulthood. And so I'm having issues even now with, with that. And I don't think necessarily I should have been taken away from my parents because I think there's like a big, there's a lot of issues with like foster care systems sure. and stuff like that. So I don't think that's the answer, but I think it, it is just an issue of like, what do you do with a child that will inevitably be traumatized if yeah. they are told, if they're rejected by their parents inherently. Yeah. And if they... For example, if a kid, that kid might even be thrown out of their home for being gay or being yeah. trans. And so I don't think it's an issue. Like, I think, I don't know if that was handled. I don't know anything about that case, but I don't think it's that like. It's not that cut and dry. It's yeah. not that cut and dry at all, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I, I, I think that using specific hypotheticals like that to create, be like, re this relates to a bigger point about these bigger <laughs> things. I'm like, it doesn't. It's a super nuanced case. And I yes. think it's, it's a. So, it's a logical fallacy or whatever. <laughs> that makes sense. So, let me ask you a question. Do you feel, because I feel in the past five years, mm -hmm. just in terms of uh, like gay rights, ha have gotten so, I, I don't want to say take it for granted, but I just feel like it's a type of thing where um, it wouldn't feel, does it feel at all ever dangerous to you? Is it something that maybe when you s first thought about it, it was scary and maybe dangerous as something that you'd be discriminate against again or actually maybe there'd be violence against you because of it and now do you still feel the same way because i feel like now it's sort of like your generation is in a very interesting place where it's accepted to the point where um like you're the new white man <laughs> you know what i mean like it's not like being being gay, being is, gay like, is the new white man it's like what else you got I ain't got That's other awesome. tricks <laughs> um, but That's like cool. but i'm always like i guess i guess what is a first question for you did you were you afraid of society, were you afraid of violence? Was that ever a thing that crossed your mind? Like you had to hide it? Um, I think, yeah, I think you, even with the idea of like acceptance, yeah, I think there's situations, like there's, there's hate crimes that happen like in LA, like of just, like all the time, like the, yeah. like recently. Um, 
like there's always like a little bit of fear like mm-hmm. you don't know if someone's gonna see you and they're gonna have this violent or like you don't just don't know or even like not even violent just like say something to you yeah and like feel like they have a word in your business when they really don't yeah i just think i think it is interesting to grow up so period and like see a lot of um intense like homophobia homophobia and transphobia and media yeah and then like grow up and see how things change. Or, like even being like when marriage got legalized i was like oh that's that feels weird like that, that feels, feels so, weird it's got legal now yeah and like now it's been like years so it's like at this point i don't even think about it like yeah gay marriage is like that's crazy that was a very that was very an big, issue that was a very big and like intense issue and yeah. the fact that like now it's just like it's gone like i don't i don't if i'm here i don't have to worry about yeah getting married but yeah i don't know it, I, I, it's it's i think it'd be interesting to talk to somebody even younger yeah than me because i think it's still like stuff has changed as i've grown up like completely but mm-hmm. now it's like if you're a kid and you think like i mean if you saw two girls holding well if you, girls hold their hands a lot but if you saw two guys holding their hands and even when I first went to New York in graduate school, it still was like an odd thing. You didn't see it that much. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a great thing. Yeah. I, I, and, I, and I think, you know, it's, it's always the fear. I think, honestly, I mean, except like West Hollywood, I've, I've seen um, like gay couples. But I feel like sometimes you just, you don't see public displays of affection yeah, from still. gay people. Still, because it's like, it's, it's really scary. Yeah. And you, you don't know. Like, yeah. It's As a matter of fact, Olivia, it's funny because because of my butt shots on Instagram. Yeah, I have oh, a lot of gay boys sliding through my DMs, and by gay boys, I mean gay boys, like sixteen-year-old, <gasps> fifteen-year-old boys, and they tell me like, uh, "I'm gay." You have to block them. No, but they tell me stuff like, "I'm gay," and I don't know what to do. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying they were like hitting on you. Well, they probably did because they like my butt. But I was like, they're like, I'm gay now to do. The segue they, that you made made me think, oh, God. Because they probably saw my butt like, here's an obvious gay man <laughs> <laughs> who can tell me stuff. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they, they do they do actually hit on me and I block them. But a lot of times I'll have young boys who will go like, I'm gay, I live here, and like my parents will throw me out if they knew and blah, blah, blah. I'm terrified. And I just say to them like, just come to LA, you'll be fine. <laughs> Or moved it like get the fuck out of there is yeah, a solution. You have to find community, and then, but that's very it's very hard. It's a very very hard. But thing it's interesting because these I mean this is very recently. These you know so it's still sure. like in oh part, yeah parts of the country. It's like oh my god yeah pretty much like if you're outside of a big city that's usually what people talk about like small towns and small communities yeah like. So Olivia, what are your goals? Oh my! What are God. your? What's your five-year plan? Here, oh, I get to have the dad question. What are you gonna do with your life? You're gonna put this on a podcast? Oh. Do you want to make? Do you want to make feature films? Sure. Calm down with the excitement there. Yeah. Documentary films. Sure. <laughs> Short films. Sure. Oh come on! Is there a, is there a thing that you're like? This is okay. Give, I'll give you. What's is there a fem, female fi, filmmaker you look towards, or someone whose career you're like? That's a dope career. Oh, I'd like to. I'd like to be like this chick. Oh, I. I okay. I definitely think about that for like a lot of people. I kind of like. For some reason, though, I did in my head. This is not what you asked about, but I was like, oh, you know how like Martin Scorsese, <laughs> he's he's like a little. Uh, 
where did he go to school? Did he go to NYU? He went to NYU, yeah. He went to NYU, yeah. Like, he was, like, a little college film guy. So he made mm-hmm. movies and then worked with this guy, whatever, whatever. Now, he, he made, he made like, everything. movies. Everything. Yeah. He made everything. But yeah, he, like, made everything. And then now he, like, just restores old films and, like, makes, like, cinema more accessible. Like, uh, and he, like, he just watches movies. And, like, he still makes movies, obviously. But, like, he's, like, very mu- much about just, like, like... I don't know. He's like he he becomes like sort of like this cinema sort this of protector, film historian, because he, he has like the ability to do so. Yeah. Would you like to be like a, a professor of film? I don't know. What don't about know. a film critic? Oh, I would be a film critic. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. I've read your reviews on Letterboxd. What's it called? Letterboxd, right? <laughs> yeah, Letterboxd. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that that's interesting because it's just like you know uh, yeah. who doesn't want to talk about their personal opinions on art all the time oh so what, and you get paid for it what's, what's better than yeah, that yeah and then they respect you and they like put your quotes <laughs> on the boxes I'm like that sounds awesome you get your little face on Rotten Tomatoes yeah so um what's your favorite memory about me you did you have questions written down on your screen or is your brain really just jumping like that my brain just jumps like that okay uh my favorite memory of you do you have a favorite memory of of, of me that you haven't shared oh hold on I hope there's one. No, I'm just worried. I think like about- one. Jules, you ever, did she ever tell stories about her dad? Like, oh, then one time this happened with my dad, or she's just like, no, nah, that guy wasn't around that much. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I de- I'm, I definitely have. Wait, oh, she wants the mic. I I heard the baby story that you t- told earlier about how you looked at her and you were like, "This is my daughter." Yeah. I you heard that one. My face, yeah. yeah but you don't have face. a you don't have a memory that you go. This is a fun time, Dad. No, unfortunately. Do you remember I, the time when I you were sleeping till noon in my place? I poured water in your face and you cried, and I was like, "I'm the worst father who ever lived." No, I do remember that I when I was staying with you, and then we got to watch Fairly Odd Parents at like 11 p.m. <laughs> and I was like, "That's awesome! I never get to stay up this late." I know you. We had like a house party, and you were entertaining guests in your red velvet dress and stuff. It was I awesome. I weirdly don't remember the party. Yeah, I, I, really, saw the book. I, 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 I don't think I still have the book. You were like Holly like, Golightly going around socializing with everybody. Mm. And you went to bed at like 2 a.m. Wow. Crappy dad. Is that why I slept until noon and <laughs> yes, you poured exactly. water on my face? <laughs> That's oh. such a funny thing to do to a child. Like, it, even if, I feel like just like common sense. It, it, was, really like, it was like a drop. And I was like, I'm just going to drop it like where I'm. And like, when you, you cry, I'd never seen you cry like that. I felt like, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm the worst parent who ever lived. Like, I just waterboarded my daughter <laughs> while she was sleeping. <laughs> I felt so bad. Yeah. That's, I, I, I can only distantly remember that one. I remember, oh God. I, I do have, I do have nice memories. Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah. I, you nice memories. I feel like, you know, because the problem is, I think, when I think of ones when I'm like a kid, mm-hmm. uh, it's either like, I remember when, the first time you yelled at me. <gasps> when I yelled at you. Oh, I remember. Like, that's like. This is the one memory she has super when I yelled vivid. at When I yelled at you. Because I think it, I think it was like so shocking. What did I do? What did I do? I, oh I, um, I was being a little, I was being a little energetic. Oh, so I was baby. mad at you. Yes. Where, where were we? So we were, I was with my friend who I can't remember her name, but we, I was, a, I was like, I was a baby and you why did you pick us up? I don't know. I, I just remember the situation as it was, is that it was me, my friend who we were dropping off at her apartment and you in the front. And I was jabbering, moving around and stuff. And you're just driving. And you, you weren't mad at me. You were not mad at me at this point. I lifted up a bag 
and there was like supplements and it was like there was like a i think a glass bottle in it and i smacked you on the side <sighs> of the head oh with it. yeah I, I smacked you on the side of the head with it and you snapped at me you got really really mad and like raised your voice at me and yelled at me and i was and i was like and so I think I think I must have started crying because all I remember is I didn't say another word, and then you just dropped off my friend and she left. <laughs> but I remember I, it was so it was so vivid in my mind. It was like a flashbulb memory because okay. it was. Like, I vaguely remember that because yeah. I still have the dent in my skull. Yeah, no, I but I think I remember being hit and being yeah and like and getting mad. reacting. Mm-hmm. But I apologized, didn't I? Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think if it's that's fair. the one time I yelled at you, and you smashed me in the head with yeah, a bottle. Well, yeah, we weren't doing anything. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you were like buying me toys. I'm like, <laughs> I do remember you took me on the. Um, I remember we went to the Ferris wheel uh-huh. at the Toys R Us in New York. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Does that still exist? No. That's really really sad. Yeah. Um, but we went, and I think I wanted like the Barbie. I wanted like the the uh, the ferris wheel what are the parts of the ferris wheel called oh my god the part you sit in the ferris wheel they're yeah. all themed with different toys and there's a barbie one yeah. and i wanted to sit in the barbie one but it was all the way at the top so we ended up going the lego one and i feel like <laughs> i must have i was probably like mad about that but like looking back i'm like it's still cool <laughs> yeah i try to make sure things were fun for you um anyway Olivia, we've been on this for a while mm-hmm. i i i'm so glad i got you on my podcast it feels so cool <laughs> You're such a I, I, you're such a cool girl. You're, I'm so proud of you. You know that. Thank you. I hope you feel that. Like you're just like like everyone else in my family is so crazy. I'm like, you know, my daughter's the only cool one of all the nieces and nephews. You know that, mom and dad. They're like, yeah. How come your daughter's the only normal child? Because I'm nor- nice. Yeah, you're nice. They're all maniacs. Some of them are very. I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna name names. But like, some of them are very rude. So. So uh, anyway, I'm very, pr- I'm so glad that, uh, and it's, I'm glad I get to know Jules a little bit too and hang out with Jules. Um, so thank you. I love you. Thank you for coming. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye.